It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, Captain In. I am the lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, the main event collector, and the man with a briefcase. He is the King Seamus to my bad news, Barrett. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up, Bella? <laughs> I had to get their two worst gimmicks <laughs> in there. Actually, I like Bad News Barrett, so I guess that wasn't his worst, but... You know, he dressed up as Bad News Barrett for Halloween Havoc. Wait, who who did? He, oh, he did? Oh, that's right. I keep... I don't know why I had a brain fart. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's commentating for them. That's awesome. Uh, I, he, literally, I, he literally showed up wearing what he usually wears, and Beth Phoenix said, well, what are you? Why are you dressed up? He goes, what are you talking about? I'm Bad News Barrett. <laughs> Good Lord. He should have so, just had a gavel and he would have been perfect. <laughs> what was that? I, I think I heard an interview from him where he was talking about just like the whole evolution of that character. And I'm like, good Lord, this is so weird. Where he said it just started off as a joke. And then Vince was like, oh, we got to put it on Raw. And it's like, uh, I don't know if it's going to play well on Raw. He's like, God dang it, we're going to do it. <laughs> I liked it with the rising podium and all that. And. He said that, that scared pretty... the crap out of him because it wasn't, like, steady. 
so it's shaking the whole time he's going up, and he's like, um, I don't like heights. Well, he but, might lose his brick card over that, dude. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, no, he was he was nice and proper about it, and oh, I dare say, oh, he's what the hell was that? That's the, the the old proper uh old proper Brit sitting around. Uh, sure, huh, yeah. Huh. They do drive they do drive by uh, arguments. They go, oh dear Reginald, I disagree, and then they floor it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, getting off that stupid crap. I'm actually excited to talk about today's show, man. It is our final show of July 2021. It is our second July on the podcast, actually. Last year, we had, uh, I'm going to assume it was a pretty good lineup. I can't remember. It was a year ago, and I can hardly remember what I had for breakfast. So, but you guys should definitely go back in the archives. (laughs) Well, you guys should definitely go back in the archives and check it out. I'm sure it was all good. But we only do good stuff. So, I mean, I have no doubt. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah. Even, even the bad stuff is good. But I didn't realize we've never reviewed a Money in the Bank before. Until well, I started. Paper, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've never reviewed an actual Money in the Bank pay-per-view before. This was the second ever. The first one took place in 2010. And this one was actually pretty good. I, I don't remember it. Or I didn't remember a lot of it anyway. I remembered, obviously, the main event. Uh, I... I forgot who won both Money in the Bank matches, so this was like watching it for the first time all over again. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of this card. I mean, obviously, there were some low points that we'll get to, but all in all, not to ruin final ratings and everything, but I went in with no expectations, and I uh, left, you know, in a, I, I left watching the show in a pretty good mood. I, I enjoyed it. So it, it, it took me back. Because there are some things that I'm like, I realize it was literally 10 years ago, but some things I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, it almost feels like this just happened like last year. Yeah, I know. Time's flying, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It is a freaking decade ago. Good Lord. Uh, It just boggles my mind. But we'll get into all of that and the news and notes and all that good stuff here to close out July after this first break. Do want to let you know we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. More on that coming up in the breaks. And check us out every Wednesday live in the Unhinged Sports Network at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Now is kind of a weird time for, like, sports, isn't it? Because, like, uh, what, what all is wrapping? Isn't there some stuff that's wrapping up right now before football? Uh, as of recording this, the possible the final game of the finals is tonight. Uh, baseball okay. just crosses midway point. Hockey's over. Yeah. yeah, the the Olympics are going on, which or I think they're going on or about to go on. I I don't know, but either way, Unhinged is covering all that. I already checked with them. So if you guys want to know stuff about the Olympics, definitely check in with the guys on Unhinged. And uh, on the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast feed, please leave a five-star review like good old Uncle Dave on a Ric Flair match. And uh, check us out every single Wednesday. And the second second to last Friday of every month is a bonus show. Check that out. Freaking bonus. This past Friday, we just dropped our first ever timepiece. It was on Diesel in the year 1995 in the WWF. As we talk a lot of crap, deservedly so, about the year 1995. So... We figured we'd go through and kind of analyze. Everybody puts a lot of blame on Diesel, who was the 
the uh, christened leader of the new generation and the world champion throughout most of 95 in WWF. Did he really deserve all the blame for low numbers across the board? You know, you you guys can decide. Check it out. I I, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with that one. I, I'm kind of looking forward to our next one. I did, too. I thought it was uh, something new. I loved it. Yeah, I, I tried to do as much research as I possibly could without just, you know, trying to cram 10 pounds of crap into a five-pound bag. And I thought it all worked out pretty well. So, either way, check that out now in the archives. When we come back from this first break, we're going to dive into the news and notes from early July of 2011. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. Time, to dive, back. time to dive into the news and notes from early to mid-July 2011. This first story here, last week, we actually... It's got to be racism. Come on, or, or sex or death or something. Come on, you got to start out like that. No, oddly enough, we don't have any... It's weird that I put it that way, but you know how the podcast goes. We've been following long enough. Uh, there's no racism, sexism, uh, death, none of that. I mean... No homophobia, maybe? No, no homophobia. I think we got that last punk. Last time we talked about seeing punk, so... I take... I, there. There's a little bit of sexism in one of these stories, but we'll get to that. And then there's one that's just, like, eye-rollingly ridiculous, we'll talk about, but... Uh, this this first one is about somebody who is dead, but uh, we talked about him last week. If anybody listened to last week's uh, Wednesday episode, TNA Destination X 2011. Another you? Awesome, yeah, that is an awesome show, by the way. To anybody that's like, oh, LOL, TNA. Honestly, it was a good show, and we kind of break down a lot of stuff from around there. But this one, uh, we talked about the cause of death of the Macho Man had been revealed uh, around the time of Destination X 2011. Well, at this point, he, I think, what did I see? He passed away in May or March, I think, and then... It was May. Okay, and Cause of Death came out in June. By July, uh, the Honky Tonk Man actually predicted that, or during an interview last week, that... Oh, Honky Tonk uh, Man prediction, man. What can go wrong here? Oh, yeah. Well, oddly enough, he's not saying anything super offensive. So that is a change, and oddly enough, that's a news story in it of itself. <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, uh, during an interview this month, the Honky Tonk Man with Monday Night Mayhem, whatever that is, uh, said that... Uh, podcast, uh, Okay. Uh, but he said he believed that the late Randy Savage will receive his long-overdue enshrinement into the WWE Hall of Fame next year. Quote, I think Macho Man, of course, will be the headliner, end quote. Unfortunately, he wasn't. I, I believe he did go in in 2012, right? 2015. Oh, my gosh. It was that much later? Yeah, I was there. I was in uh, San Jose. Oh, nice. But anyway, he also said, quote, the sad what thing is... One of our listeners was there with me. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, all of you from that area, that little, the whole little group went, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Not together, but we were all there. Oh, nice. Honky Tonk Man continued. He said, the sad thing is that he's not going to be there to give his own speech. Man, could you imagine how that speech, like, what it would have been like if he was there? That would have been awesome. But anyway, uh, one source... Well, no- I thought that Lanny did pretty well, though. Yeah, Lanny's fine, but he's still no macho. But uh, one one source notes that prior to his death, Savage said on several occasions that if he was asked to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, he would be happy to accept the honor, but WWE head Vince McMahon would not allow his enshrinement. A lot of speculation about that that I'm not going to touch. Uh, Lanny Poffo, however, uh, revealed in an interview with the Ottawa Sun what his brother's true wishes were, supposedly. Quote, he said if the Hall of Fame ever comes calling, that it would be all three of us, Randy Savage, Lanny Poffo, and their father, Angelo Poffo, or nothing. <laughs> yeah, because we all want the genius. Yeah. I, I don't know if... I, I go back on back and forth on if I believe that or not. Because... Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously he loves his family, but... It's like, really? Yeah. The genius? What's Hall of Fame worthy about the genius? Or Leaping Lanny, whatever you call him. Yeah, I know. He was just part of the family. And from what I had heard, I, I can't remember if it was Bischoff or somebody that confirmed this. They said how uh, Bruce Beefcake was always, you know, hanging on to Hogan and Hogan would always get him work. But he said it was kind of that way with Lanny and, and, and Randy, but it wasn't like um, Randy didn't do it to, you know, out of obligation or whatever, and Lanny wasn't asking for it. Well, Randy just... Clearly, because he was never in WCW, at least with him in his heyday. So... Right. Uh, well, I can't... I, I mean, was Lanny part of the NWO? I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, was, right. Was Beefcake? So there you go. Or, I, I mean, Disciple, excuse me, whatever. Yeah, right. Well, I can't remember, like I said, who it was that said that, but they said it was just kind of like Randy just basically came right out and was like, well, you got to get my brother a job. And, you know, and people would be like, why? And he's like, because you just you got to. So they said he always took care of his family one way or another. Sounds like some Stu Hart stuff. You know? How was yeah. Stu Hart asked for Lanny to get in, get a job? I mean, hey, uh, the uh, the poet, he's doing real good. Hey, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's rhyming real good. You know, uh, you got to get him, a, <laughs> get, him a, get him a job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember leaping Lanny ever being in WCW off the top of my head. But he did. I'm sure he was in like the uh, Crockett era. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I just, that's a maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, he did get his. Well, he got his father some paydays. Yeah, he got him in the WCW Hall of Fame, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was at the Night of of Legends or whatever it was called. It was was Slamboree, the Legends Mm -hmm. Legends Reunion. Yeah, that was that one where they had that match between uh, Wahoo McDaniel and Dick Murdoch in black and white. That, uh, so just, just real quick, just to go back real while, real quick, he was, uh, Lanny, genius, whatever. Uh, All South Wrestling, the NWA for four years, Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling, NWA, Alliance, or National Wrestling Alliance. Oh, sorry, this mm-hmm. is NWA. Why do they put NWA and National Wrestling Alliance on <laughs> it? International Championship Wrestling, Mid South, Continental, WWE. So huh. maybe you didn't have to work hard to get him a job because he was in like every promotion known to man other than the AWA, it seems. So maybe. Yeah, maybe I want to say that's, I want to say that's 
That's why he was employed. Oh, in WWF, he was in WCW though. in 1995 to 99. What the hell was he? Backstage, I think. It says yeah. Papa signed with WCW in 1995, but may have only wrestled once during his time there. So. Gonna... Yeah. So like, yeah, I never like, knew he was there. So I'm not counting knowing guys were backstage uh, guys. So. Yeah. So anyone who's like, you didn't do your research. I I don't know about backstage guys. That's not my uh, territory. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I had heard that Randy always made sure that Lanny was taken care of one way, shape, or form. And they said he almost acted like a father rather than a a big brother. So. I mean, that's kind of cool, but at the same time, uh, I don't know if they if they were like, look, we just want to induct you into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I don't know if he would have drew the line in the sand. It's like, nope, not going in unless you induct the genius and the miser. Yeah. <laughs> Think I about mean... that. It's, it's the genius, the miser, and macho man. <laughs> I mean, he managed, uh, what, Mr. Perfect and the Beverly Brothers as the genius... Yeah, and he wrestled Hulk Hogan in the main event of uh, Saturday Night's Main Event. He did, yeah, and I think he beat him by count-out, didn't he? I, I, I remember think correctly, so. I think he won that match by count-out. Yeah, and he, oh. and he got his hair cut by, by Beefer. Yeah. Well, there's that. Although, like, the story is that he wasn't supposed to, and... And Macho went crazy. Macho beat the crap out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true, it's just what I've heard him say. I about he, him being Lanny, pronouns, pal. He, yeah, I think he tried to be beat up beefcake but he got held back because they they didn't want that blowing up uh but moving on here that would have been uh that would have been the macho king beating up beefcake by the way just <laughs> yeah back <to> my... <laughs> hey i would have been fine with it if anyway hey, if you're uh, if you're an old school wrestler whose biggest claim to fame is you know hulk Hogan is my best friend i would probably go with macho and kick my ass in canada oh as well gosh i might tell yeah right <laughs> that's just me well, it's funny that we mentioned in that past story, uh, Macho got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2015 because uh, this next person I'm going to talk about actually passed away in 2015. But uh, Roddy Piper announced this month that he has finally beaten cancer. Yeah. I forgot he had that cancer. That was sad. I was at, <laughs> again, San Jose. It was We were there, and they, it was the tribute show to him because he died oh, a man. couple days before. Yeah, I said he passed away in July. Hmm. Yeah, we were at the tribute show in in, in San Jose <sighs> right before right before you and I went to SummerSlam. Oh yeah, sad. yeah, it sucks. Yeah, Piper was always one of my favorites. I still cry over it. Like it, I, like I watched his A and E special, and I freaking teared up in the last like five minutes because they like really gut punch you, and they've got like him talking and his family and all. I'm like, damn it, you guys just like you had to, didn't you? I yeah, his last interview ever was with Rich Eisen, which is weird because that's a sports program, but they had him on there. Yeah. You know, and so, huh. Yep. Uh, but this guy's on still, the last uh, note, you know, Rich Eisen, you know, he went to Michigan, so go Big Blue. Anyways, go ahead. Oh, eat. Just eat crap. This all all the crap, all of it. Anyway, I, I'll, I will not have the, the color blue mentioned upon the show, all right? It, it is a little weird, though, that my favorite color is blue, but I can't mention it during college football season. Anyway. I think you might actually literally die in Ohio if you say anything blue during September to January or so. Maybe December. Depends on how out of it they are yet. So, but yeah. I told a guy off one time because he, like, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't being a, an a-hole about it, but he was, like, trying to mess with me, some older guy. And 
And he said something about, oh, go Michigan, whatever, what are you wearing, that stuff. And I was like, when was the last time you actually beat us? And he's like, oh, man, come on now. And I'm like, what do you mean, come on now? You guys suck. It can happen in November, don't worry. <clears throat> Anyways. You've been, you been saying that since we started talking. Yeah, I, I kind of mean it this year. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this guy, he's been dead since 1990. So uh, as of now, there are no plans for The Undertaker to return. Wow. Uh, what is this? 2011? This is WrestleMania 27? So yeah, he really wouldn't come back until the Hell in a Cell at 28. To, well, to build to it. Right. Uh, it should be noted that there were rumblings several months ago about an Undertaker appearance at, at uh, SummerSlam, but those talks seem to have gone quiet in recent weeks. Also, a recent photo of the Undertaker with a shaved head has also surfaced online. It shows no, Undertaker. No, he didn't have a shaved head. He cut his hair on Raw to make sure Triple H fight him. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like a little girl <laughs> throwing a fit. <laughs> I remember you and I made fun of that. We were like, what is he like? It's like a, it's like a little like I'm gonna go cut my hair because you grounded me. Like I don't even. Uh, anyway, I'm sure my sister did it to her bangs when she was in a rebellious phases. So it's a real <laughs> thing, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, "What did I do to myself? I gotta go to Great Clips." Other uh, ever. What the it's hell? saying all this, right? <laughs> cool. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it shows the Undertaker with a at a recent function, although we're not exactly sure where he was. He looks thinner and appears to have shaved his head bald. He was definitely thinner, 28 in the cell. You can tell he looks really yeah. good. Not that he was ever like bad. Don't get me wrong, but like clearly I don't know, man. Something changed. Was it? It was 30 when he faced Brock. So yeah. who did he face at 29? Uh, uh, CM Punk. That's right. That? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, he still he looked good at 28, 29, 30. He looked painfully thin. And, and then he's just, like, well, I mean, he also passed out mid-match. I mean, I know because it's Brock, but you can't tell me it was all him. Like, I think he was like dehydrated or something. But yeah, well, he also got uh, concussed halfway through. Or, like, oh, yeah, totally. Match, I don't, right? I don't doubt that 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 was it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. He was. Yeah, because he looked smaller. good the next year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, cause he, and he grew his hair back. He looked like he was getting in better shape and everything. I think the whole shaving his head thing might have been too, uh, like, uh, I think Larry Zabisco did it, too. Like, they restart their hair growth. So I like hair implants. It's like a, it's like restarting your whole hair growth, but you have huh. to cut it all off. Oh, that's, I did not know about that. That's when Larry Zabisco had Raven shave his head on pay-per-view in TNA. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not working I know this I heard Larry Zabisco in the, in the interview say, that he had Raven, well, he wanted to cut his hair off, and if someone heard it, like, oh, well, we're going to cut it on TV. It's a, the old Jim Cornette thing. He said, you got to shave your head. Don't freaking shave it. Let me sell a few tickets. Yeah, right. Yeah, might as well. Well, you know. Uh, I, that I, was one of the Bashams, I believe. He was pissed. I've heard him say this, like Jim Cornette. He said one of the yeah. Bashams showed back up at uh, OVW, whatever one uh, you OVW, yeah. Yeah. And he was pissed because like, you couldn't just pretend. You couldn't tell me I could sell a few tickets for a hair versus yeah. hair match? What yeah, the hell? Right. He's like, well, we wanted to know what he looked like bald. He's like, you couldn't imagine it? And just pretend? Yeah. You have all this technology, you can't remove the hair from a picture? They did to Edge for that. Remember when, when it was going to be Edge yeah, versus Angle, right. hair versus hair? Edge, Angle, they did it for Vince, Donald Trump. So come on, dude. I know. <laughs> he also got pissed because in OVW, Doug and Danny Basham were like huge rivals. And then they're supposed to be brothers in, on yeah. WWE at the same time. 
And he was like, so I had to come up with some creative way to explain what the hell was going on on my TV. <laughs> oh, man. Luckily, that's not happened with NXT yet. Yeah, I think that... I, I think they treat NXT a lot different now, but they still, I don't know. Like on one hand, I know what you're saying about it. It's like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's part of WWE now. It's like to an extent, but you can tell they still treat it like a farm league for them. Like when they are calling people up and completely changing them whenever oh, they go to. Don't say that in front of Adam Cole. He, he, he's like went off on reporters for saying that. So, <laughs> it's not being called up. It's called moving brands. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, because everybody, you know, when when one person gets traded to the other show, they frequently change everything about themselves. Yeah. Well, okay. we don't know yet. Maybe Mandy might change because she just went back to NXT. So. Usually they don't change when they go back to NXT. That's weird because, like, yeah, the Valor became, became a heel. That was really weird. So, yeah, that was about the only thing. Like, the fashion police stayed exactly the same. So, I don't know. But anyway, uh, speaking of uh, talents going to uh, the Farm League. Ring of Honor talents Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli are in the middle of pre-signing procedures with WWE, taking a physical and having their backgrounds checked out. The Kings of Wrestling, however, are tentatively advertised for next month's Ring of Honor television taping in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. Uh, who said you don't ever put guys on posters unless you know you're going to have them signed? Was that a Jim Cornette thing? It might have been a Bischoff thing. I don't know. Heard someone say yeah. that. Like you don't advertise yeah. on a poster unless you know they're signed at least through then. <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I think this one is like they're putting them on there because they're like, well, just because you're going through, you know, procedures with WWE doesn't necessarily mean you're leaving for sure. So I don't know. I get it. And then like you, you've said this before when I've complained about WWE, you said, uh, you know, card subject to change. Yeah, they make right sure to say that. Yep. So. Uh, keeping with that, by the way, Ring of Honor's Kerry Silken was recently on Monday Night Mayhem. There we go again. And was asked about the rumors of the Kings of Wrestling possibly signing with WWE. He said, quote, it's the same story. And we have been through this so many times, whether it was CM Punk, whether it was Tyler Black, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson, or so on and so forth. These guys have been so loyal and have worked so hard. Naturally, I would love to have them in this new era of Ring of Honor. And we may. But if they have an opportunity to further their careers on a personal note, I can't begrudge them. Nothing is signed. Nothing is done yet. That's another thing that we are going to see what happens, end quote. I like how every one of those guys you just mentioned eventually went to Davey. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, and all of them, uh, I mean, Joe is a moderately big player. Uh, McGinnis is a damn good commentator. Obviously, Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, whatever, is, you know, multi-time champion punk was multi-time champion danielson multi-time champion so there you go but yeah so and, you know tyler black looks like jesus he's always got that going for him yeah he's a crossfit jesus <laughs> I, I always like i heard crossfit jesus and then uh on the show brooklyn 99 i watched they, they arrested one guy and and they're like and he looks like jesus they're like a hunky jesus thanks hunky jesus <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, you get you get hunky Jesus after CrossFit. You got to you got to get hunky somehow. So it's the CrossFit, right? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, just looking here, just because I forget timelines. The Kings of Wrestling did both sign in 2011. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli obviously went on to be Antonio Cesaro, and then just Cesaro, and he has 
his employment has never been broken with WWE. Chris Hero went on to be Cassius Ono. Apparently, he didn't like following rules and taking instructions, so he got crap canned, went back to being Chris Hero, gained a ton of weight, and then came back as Cassius Ono, and then got fired again. The knockout kid. Yeah. That knockout kid, baby. I don't Actually, know. To me, he, he lost a step or two when he went to WWE. Like, he just slowed down. Yeah, a bit. I did. I don't know. I was super into his last run as Cassius Ono, and then they just didn't do anything with him. I ha- I have to assume, though, that's because, I mean, he just looked like he was out of shape. I don't know. I, maybe that's just the way he looked. And, you know, whatever. Everybody has a different body type. But I, I'm like, okay, supposedly the whole thing was Triple H told him the first time around, he's like, you need to hit the gym more. And he didn't. And they were like, you're not taking this seriously. And they ended up firing him, among other reasons. But it's like, what was the difference between then when he was thinner and out of shape to now when he is larger and out of shape? Well, maybe they thought he was larger and that's just going to be his look instead of being a fit. Maybe he can't be in the middle. And then yeah, I look maybe. at Kevin Owens and think that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. By the way, is it just me or facially? Did he kind of look like uh, like a if um, Mick Foley straightened his hair? I saw that, yeah. I always thought that, yeah. I always saw a little Balls Mahoney in him, too. I don't know why. That, too. Yeah, well, Balls Mahoney looked like... I I always thought Balls Mahoney and and Mick Foley looked like they could be, like, cousins or something. Yeah, right. So, uh, I I don't know who I should apologize to in that equation, but I'm just going to move on. (laughs) Well, I would say that, but Balls Mahoney's passed away. I'm trying to be nice, but, you know, whatever. Do you mean it's insulting to compare Mick Foley to Santa Claus? Good God. Dude, can you imagine that pairing? Dude, Mick, Mick Foley loves Santa Claus. That's like that's like God to him. You know that, right? Exactly. Like, I'm not even being funny. Like, <laughs> he prays to Santa, not Jesus. So, not even CrossFit Jesus. Anyway, I mean, that's what I pray to. Thank you, Seth, for my dinner. Wow. Uh, I left this last comment on here just because I thought it was funny, uh, but... WWE is getting a WrestleMania special on NBC featuring an edited version of this year's pay-per-view. This is just in case you need more proof that NBC has virtually nothing left worth watching besides Community. <laughs> I think even Community was falling in its final years. Yeah, I don't know what season this was, but after season three, it started to, the, the wheels started falling off. Four was okay, five was better, and then I think six was when they moved. Yeah, six, season six was awful. That's when they went to Yahoo, whatever which I didn't even know was a channel until they I until think they this was their it. first and maybe only show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the WrestleMania special on NBC, haven't they made that kind of a yearly thing now? They have, but I don't think I want to be reminded of WrestleMania 27. Yeah, no, that was god-awful. It's just, uh... John Cena, a long-known supporter of Zack Ryder, called out WWE creative on Twitter for failing to use the Long Island Ice Z on Raw, seeing as he clearly has a fan base. Yeah. It's coming, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this this is when he would, you know, um, get his uh, girlfriend stolen from him and uh, get put in a wheelchair and then get multi- destroyed multiple times by Kane. You know, because he's a valued member of the roster. <laughs> He got a U.S. title run. Yeah. Uh, I 
unfortunately, I only have one Mattel figure of him, and it's a basic. I never did get around to getting a a um, can't even think of the name of it now. Words elite. Elite, yes. God dang it. Jesus. I I had a brain fart. Yeah, I never did get around to getting an elite of his, and now I think it's like damn near impossible, isn't it? I was USA elite, and yes, it's almost impossible because the podcast is blown up. So. Yeah. Hey, you get your own podcast about I have his and... Super 7 figure coming next month, which I'm stoked about. That's the one I would really want. That one and the one of Brian Myers. But yeah, I got both coming. So. Yeah, it ain't going to happen uh, for, for me anyway, because I just... Aren't they fairly pricey? They're $40. That's usually what Super 7s are. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I had to twist my arm to buy that uh that ultimate of edge but i was not gonna pass that up so which is now on clearance everywhere by the way well what the hell <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for telling me that uh, anyway something else uh speaking of sales here good humor has said that they have no plans to bring back wwe ice cream bars oh mm. no i heard those things sucked i loved them Really? Yeah. They look like they would be good, but people, like, I had heard people say they absolutely sucked. So, I don't know. Uh, this was all CM Punk's doing. Let me set this. Dude, to this day, people won't let it go. When are they going to bring back the ice cream bars? Like, dude, he did that promo 10 years ago. Same media thought, well, let CM Punk go. What's your, what's your point? I know. They, that's just the, the, the like, chaining CM Punk has just become the the chant of the internet wrestling nerds now to let you know Sorry, that they, but they don't act prove. like he they act like he was like Hogan or Austin or Flair or Undertaker like he changed the business he didn't I'm sorry he didn't I'm gonna no, I, that. I don't care but he's he didn't change anything I he will was, say he had a hot run I'll give him that but my I God will say, I think go. he I I think he he and Daniel Bryan both not just Punk but him and Bryan together help to elevate uh, guys that do kind of styles like theirs and, you know, like the guys that aren't necessarily like head turners in, you know, in an airport and stuff like that, just kind of the average looking dude that are just really good wrestlers and good on the mic. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily changed the business though. I mean, uh, it, I, with or without CM Punk, I think we'd be in the same spot we are right now. Oh. I I will say I feel like he would fit in, to, and and I'm not saying oh man I can't you know I see this at least once a month on Twitter oh man CM Punk's coming back to AEW man he's gonna come back he's gonna tear it up in AEW yeah what the I, hell is that gonna do for them yeah nothing I will Maybe say hundred thousand that's it I, oh yeah and and they're they're proving right now they don't need him to sell tickets clearly uh but I will say I think he would do. You know, he would get more eyes on the product, at least for in the short time. But like you said, it's not like Flair or Hogan back in their heyday. Well, but it would be a product, a, use guys like Hangman and Starks and MJF. Right. But I, I will say I feel like he would fit in in with AEW. And I, th- I yeah, feel I'm he could sure, do some uh, good stuff. I'd love to have him in the Dark Order. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Dude, if they could, I will say this. I don't know if you ever saw any other stuff from back uh, in old school Ring of Honor days, but if they could recreate some of that stuff where like Punk is like the serious straight guy and Colt is just like a goofy a-hole, I would mark out so hard. I would love it. 
Don't they hate each other's guts now? I don't remember. I can't remember if they patched yeah. it up or not. Uh, yeah. Now, moving on here. This is what I talked about earlier where there's a bit of sexism in this one. <laughs> An interesting radio interview with Randy Orton made the rounds recently, wherein he talked about some interesting things for a guy in his position. He said that John Cena was better on the mic than The Rock. Uh, he said that five years ago, he took so many drugs that he stopped breathing, and his wife had to call 911 to save his life. Oh, my gosh. And he says he's had at least six concussions in WWE that he was rushed back into the ring from. And he also basically called Kelly Kelly a slut, saying that he can recall 10 to 20 people off the top of his head that she had sex with. That's lovely. Yeah. Randall Keith Orton. Seems to have his head on straight now. Yeah. I mean, he's still on a-hole and he admits it, but dang. Why would you say this stuff? In public, when you're a top guy in the company. That just seems ill-advised. Well, he said he was on drugs. Yeah. It's like, I took so many drugs five years ago that I almost died. Like, uh, cool. Like, what what the hell, man? And this was in 2011, so that was 2006? Well, he was suspended in 2006 for 30 days or 60 days, remember? Oh, Oh, yeah, makes sense now. I don't remember and, it was 30 or 60, because he had... I think it was 60. I think it was the second one. Ah, okay. Yeah, and... But why would you think that's, like, okay to say about any of your coworkers, male, female, whatever, like, on a public radio well, interview? Well, we have proof that he thought it was okay? <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, then again, I mean, you know, I could say that, but then again, there's a guy in AEW that got suspended for saying he, you know, he wanted to, uh, uh, you know forcibly have sex with a woman against her will, so... <laughs> look at the guy who can probably get a woman that looks like that, so... That's the part <laughs> that baffles me. Um, yeah, right. He's literally called the Spanish God. What woman wouldn't want that? Idiot. <laughs> wow. Yeah, by the, uh, by the way, he took a picture with his mom recently. I'm gonna assume he's only Spanish on his father's side, <laughs> from the looks of it. Either way, uh, hey, you, you and uh, you and Sammy got something in common, eh? True, but I think I might have a little skin uh, tone definition on him. He looks whiter than me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. This one, man, is a weird one. I just threw it in there because I was like, holy crap. Uh, you'll have to tell me if you remember this one. Shawn Michaels discussed the new Outdoor Channel show, Shawn Michaels' McMillan River Adventure. during. I do. <laughs> uh, during an interview with foxnews.com the wwe hall of famer justifies his endeavor by saying that he eats what he kills a representative for the animal rights group PETA said in response quote jeffrey dahmer ate everything he killed too and it didn't justify taking innocent lives end quote oh, it's My a little bit gosh. from here yeah um jeffrey dahmer uh let's see drugged lobotomized, tortured, raped, and killed young men. And, oh, and ate them, of course. Uh, it's a little different than going out hunting for, you know, woodland creatures. <laughs> like, what the app, man? I've often heard, though, a real hunter will eat their prey. That's like a thing. Like My, Some people yeah. have different looks, uh, different outlooks on it. Some people say it's okay to, uh, what's that word? Taxidermy, uh, 
Oh, gosh, say, yeah. Don't. Some people say you have to eat. I don't know. Depends on how you look at it. I don't hunt, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't hunt, but my thing is if I ever was going to hunt, like, I don't believe in going out and killing just because it's like, oh, it's fun to go out there and kill, whatever. It's like, may, you know, if you're going to kill it, use it, eat it, you know, whatever. You know, don't, even if you don't want to eat it, you can donate that meat to, you know, needy families. They do it all the time in various areas. Michaels, however, isn't concerned about any backlash pertaining to the show or his passion for hunting. He uh, issued the following defense, quote, In every aspect of my life, I live under the protection of and in accordance to the laws of this nation. At the end of the day, it's a wildlife biological fact and a conservation fact that the game must be managed. There's only so much habitat, i.e. food, out there. If you have 100 acres worth of food and you've got 500 animals out there, the young ones and the old ones are going to starve to death because they can't compete, Michael said. Uh, when they starve, they start to eat things that they shouldn't be eating and spread diseases not only to them, but to us. He adds that the Michael's household, or Hickenbottom household, uh, rarely goes to the grocery store. I mean, that's cool. If you can live off the land, good for you. Uh, I... What is the, uh, what's the, Jed, uh, the Jodes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I mean... Good for him, whatever. And look, I'm not saying all animal rights groups out there are, are bad. There are some that do a lot of great work. PETA is not one of them. Like I, I've I, always felt they are a little too harsh with their views. They're absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. And that's not Greg saying that. That's me. So if you want to direct uh, hate to somebody, I'm here for it. So I worked with this girl. And I don't know if she was in PETA, supported them, was looking to join them. I forget because she was only there for like two weeks and then quit. So that should tell you something. Anyways, <laughs> uh, um, we were all eating lunch. Well, not all of us. Like a couple of us were on break. We were eating lunch. And she was, wait, you guys eat meat? Oh, I can't be around people like you. I can't be around uh, uh, what she call us. Like, uh, bad people. It was bad people. No, it was. It was uh, oh, uh, something I, I can't be around. I can't. We were on savages like you, and uh, I don't think I can work. Wow. She's like, I, th I was under the impression that, you know, people respect my beliefs. I'm like, I, I'm like what the hell did I do to disrespect your belief? I'm sitting here eating lunch. And so yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, that'd be like a Jewish person. It's like, wait a minute. You're eating bacon? I can't be, like, I can't eat bacon. Therefore, I don't want to see you eating bacon. I quit. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, isn't we were that shoving your beliefs on everybody around you? Yep. And forcing them to comply. I was labeled as a damn savage for eating my lunch. Yeah. I would have been like, well, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. I actually breathed a huge sigh of relief when she was gone. I was like, oh, man. Let me put it to you this way. My my wife is, for everybody out there, is a vegetarian sometimes. I'll say pescatarian because she will eat. She will eat the occasional uh, like shrimp. Or, you know, the other night she had a filet of fish from McDonald's. But she tries to say vegetarian, bordering on vegan. She doesn't even support PETA. So they're too extreme for her. <laughs> and she works with animals and all that stuff, too. So there you go. But anyway, back to the wrestling aspect. Somebody else who's a little bit too extreme. Val Venus is apparently claiming that he's been blackballed from WWE. Which is funny to say out loud that Val Venus was blackballed. Well, he was a porn star, and they did go to PG, right? So there you go. They could have brought him back as just like a ladies' man or something. I don't know. But just like, I think around this time, he was starting to uh, 
get super into, like, look, there's a difference between, like, I support the legalization of weed and weed is fine or whatever, and then being, like, that just being your thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, that's the weed guy. Like, that that was him. And then he was coming out with some other, like, um, I, I don't remember if he had he, if he had done it yet. But I know he has come out with some statements that uh, uh, are a little out there, extreme, whatever. Uh, it's, it, yeah, I, I, I don't remember everything he said. I just remember there were a few things that it's like, even if you're to the right politically, you would have seen some of his statements and you would have raised some eyebrows like, oh, he said that in public. I've heard about a lot of this, and like I thought he was Canadian, so I was like, "Not yeah. that doesn't mean you can't have an opinion on American politics if you live here, whatever." But I don't know. I just I, <laughs> what was that a left field for me? Yeah, I yeah he he said, and, and I mean I think he gets into to Canadian politics too, obviously, but it just like I don't know, I I can't keep up with him anymore. Uh, I threw this one in here just because, well, you know the guy. And, uh, well, you know about some of this stuff very well. Tough Enough cont- uh, contestant A.J. Kirsch, a.k.a. Tumbleweed, will be oh, wrestling... Oh, dude, that's Brostub Joe Brody. Hell yeah, I know him. <laughs> he will be wrestling at the APW Gym Wars event in Hayward, California, on July 16th, to, uh, 2011. That is like one and a half miles away from my house right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, ah, oh, it hits all hits all the highlights. A.J. Kirsch. APW and Hayward. Well, I was like, got to throw it in there at least. It was at that very place, by the way, where Great Carly killed a man. I am not even joking. Oh my gosh, wasn't it a botched power bomb? So, might have been like the the move Albert used to do, not the train, the derailer. Baldo bomb. Yeah, it was Baldo bomb derailer. Yeah, both, whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think it was. I think it was that. Okay. Oh man. <sighs> moving on to something uh, else that's depressing here. Was this before or after Tough Enough, by the way, for Kirsch? Uh, it says Tough Enough contestant. Oh, okay. So I assume it's when he was on it. I didn't even know he was on it. But then again, I, I don't remember all the, you know, all the contestants ever. So if, if you only, weren't one I, of the finalists. I don't remember, like, other than the winners or whatever, the only one yeah. I remember specifically was Big John Studd's son, just because of who he was. That's all I remember. And Boogeyman. Oh, yeah, yeah, you lied about his age, that's right. Yep, they were both out in, like, the first round. Well, I, I don't even think they made it into the contest. I think they both got knocked out before. Well, yeah, because Al Snow told uh, Mitten, that John, I think it's John Mitten, right? He's like, he's, yeah. you're not going to win this just because your dad was. You can't coast, and I think he didn't even get through, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not saying that was what happened, but maybe he tried to, thought his name was going to get him in. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe he did, maybe yeah. But, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know how much training that guy actually had. He wasn't anywhere near the size of his father. So no, he was a normal-sized guy. So, I mean, yeah. he's a little bit bigger, but, like, you know, more wrestling size. Plus, it's like Vader's son. It's like, I think he was just, I mean, he was a good-sized dude, but he wasn't, like, you know, Vader. No, you know? Frankie the Enforcer is bigger than Vader. What are you talking about? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh Anyway, well, well, he lost a ton of weight. Haven't you seen him recently? I have. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, something that wasn't fondly remembered. Linda Hogan was on the Today Show promoting her book. I was today years old when I found out she had a book. Uh, but she was claiming that Hogan 
or Hulk Hogan, that is, at least once was very violent towards her, but she claimed that she didn't say anything because she didn't want to, quote, end up like Nicole Simpson. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. File that under I'm crying out for attention because my 15 minutes of fame are about to be up. Good lord. Yeah, Eric Bischoff won't even comment on her because he's a he said he just he he has nothing nice to say and he doesn't want to go off on a tirade that might get him sued. <laughs> so yeah, apparently she will too. Oh well, yeah, because she's already bled Hulk Hogan dry for you know everything she possibly could. So yeah, I don't know. She uh she went. I think she broke up with Hulk Hogan and instantly started dating like a 19 year old kid. Like that resembled yuck. him. Or at really? least resembled his kid, her, her son. Ew. That's yeah. even creepier. That's worse than Hogan going out with somebody that kind of looked like a young Linda. <sighs> Whatever. But all right, man. Uh, that does it for the news and notes. I think it's time we take our next break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into Money in the Bank 2011 on the other side of this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. Go we WWE Money in the Bank 2011 time. It took place July 17th, 2011, from the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. That was one you and I were at, right? Yeah, Rosemont. Yeah, okay. That's, that's what I thought. We stayed... Uh, for... WWE, oddly enough, WWE never goes into the Bulls arena. I don't get it. Is that the is, is that the that's... actual arena that uh, All Out's going to be in? Yeah, that's the one the Bulls play at. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cause I didn't know the name of it. It's just called the now arena i think they keep um, changing it i believe so it's yeah i just saw the now arena and i'm like okay <laughs> but yeah this is actually uh it's a cool building you and i were in it uh twice uh, two nights in a row actually for war games 2019 and uh survivor series yeah and we stayed at a hotel that was like what six feet away from it <laughs> yeah yeah because there's the arena there's like uh a uh target and then there's maybe, the maybe hotel. like a small strip mall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's uh, and then there's the hotel, which is attached to a Longhorn Steakhouse, which I'm pretty sure was the one that Chris Jericho ate at when he lost the or when he had stolen the AEW World Title. Yep. 
I remember we speculated about that. Got it back, so it's okay. Yeah, right. Uh, I believe we were speculating about that while we were eating there. Anyway, uh, the attendance for this was 14,815. Pretty sure that was a sellout. Uh, the pay-per-view buy rates were 195,000 buys. Pretty damn good for Money in the Bank. The second ever uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. The opening package has a clock ticking while CM Punk talks about how his contract is up at midnight. We then get clips of the famous pipe bomb promo. And then Vince McMahon telling John Cena that if he loses the WWE title to CM Punk, he's fired. <laughs> I had to get it in. <laughs> Uh, the Pipe Bomb promo, by the way, if you guys are too young to know, or not marky enough to remember, look it up. I'm sure you can find it. And I think it was posted everywhere on the anniversary of it this, this year. Cause, oh, it's good 10 years. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I haven't jerked off to it in like 10 minutes either, so I gotta get to it. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, but the commentary team for the night is Michael Cole, Booker T, and Jerry Lawler. I think I felt into the ninth pit of hell of commentary for this one. <laughs> Booker T, I was never a fan of his on commentary. I just, he made me roll my eyes. Michael Cole was in full unbearable heel mode at this time. It, it's, it's bad when Jerry Lawler is the best, most, you know, competent guy on commentary right here. <sighs> but anyway, that, I will say, this is one of the worst things about this show. So keep that in mind. The show's not that bad. Cole has oh. a few decent calls, though, I will say. Yeah, it's not... He, Specifically during Punk's entrance. Yeah, during the main event, he's not terrible. <laughs> but what's, what's that say? But the first match, we start off with the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match. This is back when they used to have the SmackDown and Raw Money in the Bank, and not just the men's and women's. Uh, this one is Sin Cara, Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel, Sheamus, Cody Rhodes, Heath Slater, Daniel Bryan, and Kane. I forgot that Justin Gabriel and uh, Heath Slater were in a damn Money in the Bank match. But this one went... Uh, the whole about, thing was to... Like, they had to help Wade, I think, right? Uh, no, I, I want to say they all broke up at this point. I don't think any of them were together. But I, I don't know, because... Well, I mean, you're watching this back, I completely forget if Nexus was still going. I know CM Punk was the leader of the new Nexus, but clearly he's not here. But I think... Right. I Nexus... Think... Well, Nexus had broken up. They'd already done the core. The core broke up. So... And the reason I know the core broke up is because of the theme songs here. Uh, by the way, this was about 24 and a half minutes. Justin Gabriel... Which is about come... the amount of songs the core had. <laughs> right. Uh it was uh Wade Barrett came out to the version of the core theme that was done by um I think they're called through through fire now. I can't remember what they were called at the time. Uh, emphatic. Emphatic, yes. Uh so he came out to that version. He Slater came out to black and white. No, not the Michael Jackson song. I think well, the that's black was... or white, so you didn't really oh, yeah. say that. Or, no? That's right. Black black or hmm. white was was this song too. Um <laughs> Yeah, black or white, not the Michael Jackson version. This one was done by, I believe the band was called Bleeding in Stereo. And Justin Gabriel came out to what eventually became David Otunga's theme. It was, uh, I think it was just called Power, and it absolutely sucked. I, I hated that song. But I actually have a Mattel figure of this very Justin Gabriel in this outfit. <sighs> but this was during the time. This is when yeah. Gabriel had all his fingers, right? Yes. Yeah. Too soon? 
nah, it's been a few years. I think you're safe. But I have um, uh, uh, this this was during the time when Michael Cole was constantly talking crap about Daniel Bryan, calling him a nerd, you know, because that's not, you know, pot calling the kettle black. Uh, Wade Barrett. Well, I mean, Michael Cole's cool, but. Oh, well, yeah, clearly. Just just look at him. I mean, that soul patch is just damn. Like, dude, save some ass for the rest of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Uh, Wade Barrett says all the ladies want into the coal mine. My gosh. Uh, Wade Barrett sets up the ladder bridge outside of the ring, and Sheamus actually puts Sin Cara through it with a powerbomb off the apron. I believe that legit injured Sin Cara. I think I was gonna say, I think I remember them, I remember him being on TV for like a couple of months, and they kept showing it on Raw over and over and over. Yeah, well, he may be seriously hurt. Let's go to the tape. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, what didn't put Sin Cara out of action for months on end back in the day? Like, uh, this I mean, guy just... According to Matt Cardona, if you buy any of his Mattel figures, it comes with free backstage complaining action, so... <laughs> uh, in Spanish? <laughs> I don't in, know. <laughs> in English and Espanol. But anyway, uh, yeah, he powerbombs Sin Cara, Seamus, that is, uh, pronouns, pal, damn it. Uh, Seamus powerbombs Sin Cara through the uh, ladder bridge, breaking it in half. Uh, they actually stretchered Sin Cara out of there, and he's, like, twitching and stuff. I thought it was funny that Michael Cole kept calling this a steel ladder, and then they zoomed in, and the ladder's clearly wood-coated with silver. I don't know if you noticed that, but you can see, like, wood splinters. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that um... close up. I can do you one even worse than that. On the back of the WrestleMania 23 DVD, when Edge is going through the ladder, you can clearly see it. They didn't even exit, uh, edit it off the damn DVD box. So, Yikes. Eh. <laughs> That's bad. They could have photoshopped it. I know. Wow. Maybe they just didn't give a damn. Uh, but in the end, it comes down to Brian and Barrett on the ladder. Daniel Bryan kicks Wade Barrett off the top of the ladder, climbs up, grabs the briefcase, and he is Mr. Money in the Bank for SmackDown. Mr. Small Package is Mr. Money in the Bank. (laughs) Good Lord. Hey, that's his name. He called himself that. And he's only Mr. Small Package in the ring, I assume, because he did land himself a Bella Twin. So, (laughs) Uh, But Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it three, man. He was, he was way too high for the ass beat for him, but whatever. Yeah, four stars. I'm like, damn, dude. I mean, it was good, but like, was he one of the best ones on this night? Yeah, I know. It's, hey, you're getting ahead of me there. I mean, but right. at least I, but at least I know you and I are uh, kind of on the same wavelength with that. But yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. This one was fine, but I, I don't know. It wasn't Kane's best ladder match, and I know that's a weird statement, but it's not. Uh, Cody Rhodes did uh, fine. Some, but he's been in some good ones, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barrett did fine. Sin Cara literally got stretchered out minutes into the match. Heath Slater was fine. I don't, but it's like you had Slater and Gabriel who were, you know, and, and Rhodes at the time. Cody Rhodes. They were all just mid-carters fighting for a chance to be world champion. Well, uh, now, you know, believe who you want, but according to Cody Rhodes, he was supposed to win this with plans changed. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Uh, this was, by the way, during the time when Cody was wearing the face mask and, and he was pretending like he was he was hideous and whatever, and he was undashing Cody Rhodes. 
So, yeah. Uh, but a video from earlier tonight shows a limousine pulling into the parking lot. Out of the back steps, Mr. McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and a WWE attorney who shall remain nameless. Oh, oh, oh. your pick's for you there, boss. <laughs> hey, boss, you need a coffee? I'll, I'll run out for you. I'll do whatever you need. Just don't fire me. <laughs> hey, you know, those Bella Twins are awfully good looking, but your mom's even hotter. Good Lord. Why? I got weird. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Bella Twins, up next, uh, it's Kelly Kelly, who's uh, so nice. You got to say your name twice. She is, uh, has Eve Torres in her corner, and she's defending the WWE Divas Championship against Brie Bella with Nikki yep. Bella in her Keller corner. Kelly Kelly was the champion. Yep. Take that for what it is. Uh, but it went I'm four not, I, think, I think I'd block that out of my mind because when I turned this on, I'm like, wait, she was a champion? Oh, oh, yeah. I wish I could block it out of my mind because I just remember I was well, like. I mean, not that I ever want to block her out of my mind, just that run. <laughs> Yeah, she just I just remember she was like considered the top female on the roster for a long time. And I'm like, why? Not that they had a stacked female roster like they do now, but she was so bad. I'll get to that in a second here. But uh, the match went four minutes, 46 seconds. Nothing of note happens here. It's pretty sloppy and boring. Kelly Kelly wins with a rocker dropper of all effing things. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I give it a star. What say you? Gave it one. F-ing I wanted to fast sucked. four through it, and I'm like, I wonder how long this is. So I let it play for a minute, and thank God it only lasted a couple minutes. Yeah, this was during the I time. Have, I, I kind of made a pact to myself not to watch Diva matches, because, man, they were yeah. brutal. Uh, Yeah. The There's a huge difference between Diva's matches and women's wrestling. Sorry. There is. Oh, uh, yeah, difference. because... They actually had women, like, in the era before this, they didn't have a lot of them, but they had they had a handful of women before this that could actually wrestle. And then after this, this was a very dark time in the history of women's wrestling in WWE. It just, bleh, it sucked. But on the way back up the ramp, the Bellas argue with each other, keep, keep arguing over who's a loser, who's not a loser, and whether or not Kelly Kelly is too skinny. Cool, body shaming. But all right, uh, speaking of going from too small to too big, up next, we've got Mark Henry versus The Big Show, both of which this are was in a real AEW match. now. Yeah, we could see this again if AEW really wanted to book it. Oh, please. Yeah, fingers crossed, man, all out. Hey, it's you know, they could do it. Uh, I won't go. <laughs> you're you're like I'll back out if this is the thing. Uh, but this went just. You have it on their minutes. first rampage, okay? Do that because I'm probably gonna watch that anyways. Oh man, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, rampage has to kick off in Pittsburgh. Ugh. Excuse me, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know it's really weird. I hate that city. I hate their sports teams. But I like a lot of wrestlers that come from that city. Bruno San Martino, Kurt Angle, uh, uh, Britt Baker, Shane Douglas. I don't get it, man. But anyway, uh, the Big Show kicks out of the World's Strongest Slam, so Mark Henry hits another World's Strongest Slam, followed by two World's Strongest Splashes for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. 
It was not good. What say you? I gave it a star. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> uh, I, I just like how they put the two crap-ass matches back-to-back. They were like, look, let's just get them out of the way now. Oh, because if, if you, if you want to have a piss-break moment, you know, a four-minute Divas match isn't enough. So put a couple matches, make one whole match, right? Yeah, instead of having a piss break, now we have a crap break. You can you can go take a dump, get a beer, you know, the whole nine yards. There you go. But after the match, Mark Henry puts a chair around Big Show's left leg, and he does a Vader bomb onto it, supposedly breaking Big Show's leg. The Big Show then gets golf carted out of the arena. I don't remember this, but I assume Big Show just wanted some time off. And before anybody... Uh, one more. Is there WrestleMania 28? That's usually my gauge for that WrestleMania, so... I remember <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I will say, you know, I, I just now thought of this. If anybody looks up the cover art of this. Yeah, he wrestled Cody. Sorry. Oh, WrestleMania? I thought he wrestled Cody. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. WrestleMania oh, okay. 28. Let me go look. Let me just make sure. Yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my I head. I think he beats Cody for the Intercontinental title. Let me go make sure. Hold on. Yeah, he's not, he's not at... Um, SummerSlam. Yeah, beats Cody for the IC title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's not at SummerSlam, so that's uh. Hey, he he probably took some time off, but this the cover art for this this um uh or the poster I should say for this uh, Money in the Bank is the Big Show and uh, Hornswoggle in like nightgowns and nightcaps in bed. Like looking at like a crystal ball or some crap. I feel like I'm trying to picture. I don't want to go look at it just yet, but I'm trying to picture. Wasn't Hornswoggle like a uh, was it like glowing green or something like that? It was like a play on him being a leprechaun. Uh, I um, no. Well, he's wearing a green outfit. Okay, wearing a green. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's. I, I take it back. They're not, they're like he's. It, it's not a crystal ball. Uh, Big Show. I'm looking at it right now. Big Show. They're in, like, pajamas with nightcaps. Big Show's opening a book like he's reading a story to Hornswoggle, and, it, and like, a match is going on on top of the book. It's freaking weird. I, it's just like, I'm like, who designed this? Like, why? Just because. There was one, it, it, I, I think the Money in the Bank 2010, I want to say, had uh, freaking Santino Morella on the damn cover, of, or on the poster. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That one was Kofi. There, there was some pay-per-view that had Santino on it. And I'm like, are you trying to get people to not buy this? I think that was Elimination Chamber, which made even less sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't get that one. Because I'm, they would put random ass superstars on their posters. I'm like, okay, at least make it a main eventer for God's sake. Uh, backstage, we're in Vince McMahon's office where McMahon is telling John Laronitis, that this was his nightmare. I assume he's talking about, uh, you know, John forgot the uh, massage oils back at the hotel room. But I could be wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> so someone knocks on the door and comes in. It's Josh Matthews, who I forgot was an interviewer in 2011. I was, now I was, calling impact occasionally. Yeah, I, I forgot his timeline. I'm like, when did he leave to go ruin impacts commentary table? Uh, but when he comes in, he asks Mr. McMahon if he if he re-signs CM Punk. McMahon looks very upset and says no before calling Punk an ingrate. He says that he offered Punk the most lucrative contract possible, but Punk turned it all down. McMahon says that Punk told him get out during negotiations, 
And all of this is on John Cena for going through with this match. He says that if CM Punk leaves tonight with the WWE title, quote, may God have mercy on John Cena's soul. You know, because, you know, he, he can do more to him than just fire him. You know, <laughs> you know he, he can torture him, I guess. I don't know. Then again, at this time, getting fired from WWE might have been torture to John Cena because he was Mr. WWE. Uh, but now we move on to the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match, which went just shy of 16 minutes. This one was Alberto Del Rio, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, Evan Bourne, R-Truth, Alex Riley, The Miz, and Rey Mysterio. So it was Del a bunch Re- of guys and Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. <laughs> just just <laughs> what the hell? get that out of the way. Wow. They, they, they shine this match, if you ask me. Those are the two. Yeah. Uh, I will say, going back to that first uh, ladder match, just kind of like looking it all over, seeing who's who is where. Uh, Sin Cara, I think, is in Mexico now. Wade Barrett, we said, is on commentary for NXT. Where the hell is Justin Gabriel? Is he NWA? Either NWA or Ring of Honor. Okay. Uh, and then Sheamus is WWE. Cody's in AEW. Is Heath with Impact still? He is, but we haven't seen him since debuting last year around this time. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, hey, man, he's got kids. He needs I that think, time I off. I think he had a gallbladder issue or something or appendix Ew. or something like that. And Damn. Poor guy. He's been out since. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Does anybody have an idea where the hell he is? He's probably sitting in, like, Washington or Arizona and eating a lot of meat. I don't know. No, I mean, like, he, I don't think he's under contract with WWE. Is like, I don't I, think. Uh, and then Kane and then Kane is currently the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. So there's that. This match. He's the first sitting mayor to win a WWE championship. He's a 24-7 champion. That's one fact. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> uh, this match, Alberto Del Rio, I believe, is in prison. I want to say. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Didn't he uh, have a thing with another woman? And I don't know. Didn't he I, I, someone or something like that? Or? That's why I think he's in prison, but I could be wrong. Uh, Kofi's still in WWE. Swagger is in uh, AEW. Evan Bourne's in AEW. R-Truth is in WWE. Alex Riley, no idea. I think he dropped out of the business. And then Miz and Mysterio are still in WWE. But as of this, Mysterio was back in WWE. Right, yeah. He had a he had some stints elsewhere. Uh, Del Rio was still driving cars to the ring at this time. On this night, he's driving a yellow Lamborghini. R-Truth was doing his goofy-ass heel gimmick at the time, where everything was a conspiracy. Uh, no, right now it's Sami Zayn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a conspiracy Cole. against me. Yeah. Uh, this is when Michael Cole was fondling himself to the mids. Every man starts a match holding a ladder in the ring, and they all run at each other and hit each other right away. The Miz falls while holding onto the briefcase at one point and seemingly blows out his knee. He ends up getting help to the back. Swagger and Kofi have a super ugly bump off the top of the ladder, and then the Miz comes limping his way back to the ring, only to be stopped by Rey Mysterio. When Mysterio is about to win, however, Alberto rips his mask off and shoves him onto another ladder. Both men ended up falling over because uh, the ladders just ended up tipping. And then Del Rio tosses the mask away the, and uh, then sets up another ladder, climbs and grabs the briefcase, and he wins. 
Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half stars. What do you say? I gave this one four. I loved it. Evan Bourne's uh, shooting star press on all the guys was awesome. I forgot oh, how that was. Awesome, that was. Yeah, off the ladder on the outside of the ring. That was freaking great. Uh, Alberto Del Rio is bleeding from cuts on his abdomen and his right bicep while he's uh, while he's celebrating. I never noticed that before. Uh, but backstage, Josh Matthews asks Alberto Del Rio how it feels to win the Money in the Bank. Del Rio says that he should have already been the number one contender for the WWE title, but the match was given to CM Punk instead. Josh asks Del Rio if the Money in the Bank was part of his destiny. And Del Rio says that it is not, but becoming WWE champion is. What the hell kind of a question is that? Hey, um, uh, is this part of your destiny? Like, what? Do you remember when, he, when CM Punk said, if you say destiny one more time, I swear to Jeebus, I'm going to start drinking? <laughs> yes. I freaking love that. Uh, I love that crap. It's just, uh, man, this was during a string. I was like, who was writing the scripts for the WWE interviewers back in the day? Because the questions they would ask were so unnaturally stupid. <sighs> anyway, up next, we get Randy Orton defending the world heavyweight title against Christian in a match where if Orton gets disqualified, he loses the title. Keep that in mind. Oh, God. This went for yeah. 12 minutes, 18 seconds. There's a reason I sigh. Yep. This feud started because Christian won the world heavyweight title and then he lost it like he what? What pay-per-view was it that he won it at? Extreme Rules. Yeah, wasn't it, uh, was it a ladder match? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And then he won it in the ladder match, and then he lost it technically on Tuesday, but it didn't air until Friday, whatever. Uh, he lost it to Orton, like, the very next SmackDown, which was ridiculous. And at the time, Christian was a babyface. That turned him heel, and now he's trying to get his title back, but... And he uh, yeah. just needs one more match. Yeah, that was a a uh, real catchphrase of his during this time. Yikes. And uh, but the hell out of Yep. In the end, Christian spits in Orton's face, and Orton beats the crap out of Christian with punches, and then he kicks him right in the junk and gets disqualified, giving Christian the win and the world title. Yes, Christian won the match via getting kicked in the balls. Yep. Un Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it an even three because it was a decent match up until this point. What say you? I'm with you. It was a decent match, which is why I only gave it two. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was good. They, I had somebody tell me, oh, dude, this is a great feud between them. I'm like, it can't be a great feud when the one guy loses every time. Oh, yeah, but they're good matches. I'm like, yeah, that the one guy loses every effing time. So, eh, I don't know. I couldn't get invested in it. I just, I was like, whatever. But after the match, Orton beats up Christian, blasts him with, with uh, an announcer table monitor, back when they used to have the big thick monitors, and then RKO's him on top of the announce table. Orton then goes to leave, comes back, RKO's Christian again on top of the announce table, and this table was built tough because it will not break for nothing. Orton then yells, uh, yells out a nearly, or yells at a nearly knocked out Christian before storming to the back. Yep, this is your world champion, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gents. Who could, 
who could possibly give a damn about Christian as a world champion after that? Like, he just got punked out after getting kicked in the nards. Like, all right. Uh, I mean, didn't someone tell you this was his best run? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, he was world champion twice. Yeah. Like, that's one of them things like, oh, you know, Jack Swagger is a former world heavyweight champion. Who the hell remembers that? A couple people. A better question. Who wants to remember that? That run sucked. But all right, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, we're actually going to dive into the reason why we're here. This main event for the WWE title right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Main event time. The reason everybody plopped down their hard-earned money is John Cena defending the WWE Championship against CM Punk. This match went 33 minutes, 42 seconds. This crowd loses their damn mind for CM Punk. This would be the actual last time he would ever come out to this fire burns and the first time he'd ever wear that best in the world t-shirt which i own by the way waiting for you to say of course you do <laughs> yeah gonna let that one slide i feel like i'm the only person on this planet that never geeked out for that man i just <laughs> yeah i was a huge fan of his back in the day i have that uh that i mean to me it was like way. he was good but again nothing groundbreaking like everyone tries to make it out to be like he was, my, down, he was my favorite for a while. Uh, it was like him, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan in that order. But uh, I actually have the uh, the Mattel figure of, of him with that shirt in this outfit, too. Uh, Colt Cabana's in the front row for this match. I thought that was funny. And another quick side note about the crowd on hard cam. This is the first time I saw it all night, by the way. There are two dudes cosplaying a Shaggy 2-Dope from the Insane Clown Posse and Anybody Killer. I was like, random, but okay. Uh, this match reminds me of how CM Punk hardly ever let John Cena hit the five-knuckle shuffle on him. Like, you remember that in all their matches? He had to try it like three, four times. Uh, these guys pulled out all the stops, and it was amazing. In the end, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis come to the ring. Cena locks in the STF on Punk, and McMahon tells Laurinaitis to go ring the bell. As Johnny's running, Cena slides out of the ring and punches him out colder than a banker's heart saying that he doesn't want to win that way. When Cena slides back in the ring, Punk catches him with a go-to-sleep and pins him to win the WWE title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this five stars. I don't believe you're going to rate it that high, but what say you? Good Lord. This is like one of the most overrated matches in history. It was really good, though. I said four. But my God, no. I, I will say I gave it five stars. I I stick by that rating. I don't think it was like you know, Flair's steamboat level or anything like that, but it was different, and I, I, 
I don't know. I do feel like it was a five star match. I feel like Cena had better stuff later with uh, AJ Styles, but his matches with Punk, I feel, are like slightly below his stuff with Styles. I think that CM Punk and Cena, uh, CM Punk and Cena had a better match on Raw after Royal Rumble when Punk lost to The Rock. I thought their match on Raw was way better. I'll say this, John, I wanted to make this point because, you know, people will say, oh, well, yeah, he had great matches with AJ Styles and CM Punk. You know, they had to carry John Cena or whatever. He sucks. It's like, okay, if that were true, Batista, and and I'm a Batista fan. I think you are, too. Batista could not have had as good a match with those two guys as John Cena did. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, Batista was always really good but needed help. Yeah, so these matches weren't so, like, great, like, just amazing because John Cena had to be carried. He was a, he was a lot better than people give him credit for. I mean, a lot better than people gave him credit for. So this was this was really good. I, I know people are going to say Orton was one of his best opponents. I would say he's number three or number four, but I would I always put Styles number one. Punk number two, and I feel like Orton and The Rock are fighting it out for number three. But after the match here, uh, when CM Punk is announced as the new WWE champion, Vince McMahon's face goes from comatose to what the hell to oh crap, and then finally anger. Vince rushes to the commentary table, grabs a headset, says to cut Punk's music, and then demands Alberto come out to cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase. (laughs) I forgot about this. I like how he said, give me me, a Alberto, give me Alberto. I was like, did he forget who was trying to get? Yeah, he's like, crap. Who, who, uh, who, who won the? Who won which Money in the Bank case? <laughs> I don't, we want to bring a little pasty nerd out here, or, or the Mexican? Wait, oh, which one? But anyway, uh, Alberto Del Rio rushes the ring, slides in, and Punk kicks him in the head, knocking him flatter than a plate full of piss. Before giving a crap-eating grin, hopping the barricade, blowing Vince McMahon a kiss, and then running through the crowd to leave. Vince McMahon looks like he's fighting back tears as Punk celebrates with the fans, and the show goes off the air. I geeked so hard for the end of this show. I thought it was great. I thought, you know, I got to give WWE so much credit during this era. They did such good, such good crap, pal. During this whole story arc, Punk's return, just everything. It was, I loved it. But anyway, that's the end of the show. Yeah, I, I did too, but... I don't know. I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but like anybody in their right mind could see that Punk was not leaving. I, I, try- I, I still don't believe he signed his contract that night, no matter what anyone says, himself included. Like, no, they're not going to have him in that match and have him sign a contract hours before it. I don't believe it, and I never will. Yeah. I think nah, the deal I- was done maybe, maybe earlier that day or the day before. Certainly not an hour before the match. I'm not buying it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something that would happen realistically i tried to suspend some disbelief with some of it but i don't know it you know you, you never know what to believe in the world I mean, of wrestling at the end of the day it all worked out though so i mean that's all that matters i mean yep yeah for this time period yes definitely well you know what they say greg r-e-s-s-l-i-n that's wrestling wrestling <laughs> yep but all right, uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to tell you our final ratings for this show and what is to come in the month of August right after this. 
follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Final segment time. The final ratings for the show. IMDB gave it 8.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net. You can tell where all the nerds go because they gave it 9.56 out of 10. <laughs> I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was a B plus. I mean, there there was the middle of the show that really sucked. But I liked both world title matches and both Money in the Bank matches, so I, I had to give it a, a an eight. What what say you? I gave it a B plus too. I loved it. I just think that some people just act like it's the greatest thing ever. It was I, great. Don't get me wrong, but settle down. And I can like something and not have to overhype it. You know, it's okay. Well, you and I, I know, have had discussions about uh, crowd reactions and whether or not it matters to us. You know, if we're not there or whatever. And I'll tell you. The crowd reaction, just like, you know, turning up the sound and watching this back and everything really put me into it again. And just the hot crowds like that really, uh, you know, really put me into it and, and kind of bump it up a little bit more in my eyes. So I don't know. And Chicago really helped. So I'll say that being in that building particularly really helped. Oh, yeah. Then that building, that building's actually pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it uh, being there in I'm, 2019. I'm not. Saying the crowd wasn't loud, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, you know this, it's been said, you, you can try a little less and it will still come off as like overwhelmingly loud in that building because of the roof. But yeah. I mean, that's not to say they weren't hot. I know they were, but it's like, right. it comes off even better in that building. And obviously they don't show you shots of the roof or the ceiling rather uh, during the show, but that, cause that's something I always look kind of survey the whole area when I'm sitting in an arena, just kind of soaking it in. The ceiling is wooden, so I I have never I've never seen that in arena before. You remember that? No, yeah, I do, and I I knew about it going in, but seeing it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh for I might have known about it, but I've forgotten. I was just like, ah, a wood ceiling. I'm like, that's not something you see every day in an arena. But all right, but that's money in the bank, man. Isn't uh, that like uh, Cena and Edge and a couple other people's favorite building? I think Austin said that's his. Oh, too. Austin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple people, yeah. It's a, it's a big compliment when those guys say that's your favorite. But August, man, I am like, I'm half excited and half, like, worried <laughs> about this month. Uh, Kind of running down what's to come on the podcast for the month of August. For anybody who knows anything about wrestling and is even a slight wrestling fan, you know, you only kind of like it. You're only an avid wrestling fan, you know? Oh, yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, you know that it's SummerSlam month, so we got to get multiple SummerSlams in there. But we've also got to throw some I other stuff in, shake it up. Say that. Did you officially get your ticket already? Yeah, I got it on day one-ish. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, so if uh, all goes according to plan, within two months you'll be at uh, three different pay-per-views for two different companies. I'm pretty sure it's three straight, too. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, so August, we're kicking it off. I know we talked about July. We didn't have a stinker all month. I think we followed through with that. It was all amazing shows. August, I can't make that same promise. And not saying that the podcast is going to be a stinker, but we're ironically covering some crap shows that we want to make funny. Because we got to, man. That's that's part of our appeal. But August 4th, you know, like I said before, they can't all be first-round draft picks. August 4th to kick off the month. Yeah, you know, because Eva Mendez wasn't a member. <laughs> right. Uh, August 4th. Look, they're not covering... all first-round picks, okay? Sorry. <laughs> we are covering WCW's New Blood Rising 2000. It is what it is. Uh, we'll talk there about that. There may or may not be something on a poll, but it's not a poll. But... Yeah, right. We'll save uh, that, though. Yeah, it's on a poll, but it's not on a poll, but we're advertising it on a poll. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, August 11th. It's our first SummerSlam of the month. We are covering WWF SummerSlam 1991, going back this 30 is years. This one of my all-time favorite SummerSlams. This was for, I've never seen it before, but for all of you out there, they dubbed it as a match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Match made in heaven was Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, their wedding. And a match made in hell was... Uh, wasn't it Warrior and Hogan teaming up together? Yes, against the Triangle of Terror. What the hell was the Triangle of Terror again? Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and it was the Iron Sheik. What was his name again? Uh, Colonel Mustafa. Colonel Mustafa, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. That's 1990, uh, SummerSlam 91. We'll be covering that on August 11th. August. Some 18th. might even say the marriage was the match made in hell, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh... The week of August 18th, we're getting extreme with this one because we're doing our first ECW show that we've done in a while. It is Heat Wave 1998. Last year we did Heat Wave 99. I figured we'd go back a year and cover the other Heat Wave that was in, yeah, date. Good Lord. Got to do it, Oh, uh, If there was a city in Ohio suitable for ECW, it would be Dayton, right? You're damn right. That or Akron. People outside of Ohio may not get that, but if you're in Ohio you'll understand might make you shudder a little bit but we're also doing our bonus show of the month we're switching it up and like i said we're doing a non-canon show if you will as a bonus show this is tna hardcore justice 2010 the first one that was basically an ecw tribute show with tna talent on it and then close it. people said dixie carter dug up ecw's corpse and dry humped it <laughs> basically yeah at the uh, Oh, man, just squeeze it for all it's worth, man. So then we're closing out the month. Our second and final SummerSlam that we're covering is going to be on August 25th. It is SummerSlam 2005. That is the one that is headlined by Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. That's uh the one where Shawn Michaels bumped around like he was uh, a cartoon of Mr. Perfect on crack cocaine. It was something, man, but... I've honestly never actually sat and watched that whole card start to finish, so I'm excited. Never seen any of these shows start to finish, uh, except for, I have, I take that back, Hardcore Justice, I've seen that one, so. I want to say you and I watched that. Yeah, we did, and we laughed along to it. It had some good stuff on it, but. Dude, Cojones you know, was on the show. 
<laughs> yeah, right. And Joel Gertner, my boy. So, but anyway, that is coming up in the month of August. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed July. Definitely go back and check out the archived shows from the month. I think it was all good stuff. I mean, I always think we do good stuff, but especially this month. And uh, as always, check us out on the Unhinged Sports Network live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review to the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast feed and share it with everybody you know. Spread the word. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week as new blood will be rising. God help us all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.